Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Greeny's got the day off. Bob Schusen, hour number two on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and your smart speaker. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear hotline. We'll get back to the Dr. Pepper call in line in just a sec. Again, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. A lot of Yankees, playoff baseball, football in the first hour, a couple of other topics I wanted to touch on, and then we'll get as many calls in between now and the end of this hour. We'll also talk to Jess Mendoza coming up at the bottom of the hour about the baseball playoffs as well. Look, Kyrie Irving, here's apparently what Kevin Durant said after Wednesday's practice when asked if the Nets have enough talent to cover for whether or not Kyrie Irving is on the team or not for an extended period of time. And a lot of times, Kevin Durant will come out and he will really, you know, have Kyrie's back. I don't know if this quote tells you whether or not he's got Kyrie's back, but he said, I'm envisioning Kyrie being a part of our team. Maybe I'm just naive, but that's just how I feel. But I think everybody here has that confidence in themselves, in our group, that if we keep building we can do something special. Now, maybe that is now him saying, look, we got a good enough team if he doesn't play. And if you want a really good summation of the problem of how untenable this is, here's our ESPN NBA insider, Brian Winhorst, summing it up. They're only going to see Kyrie Irving's face one day between now and the start of the regular season on the 19th of October. It is very hard to prepare for a season when you're starting point guard you can't see for potentially weeks on end. And the reality is at the start of the season, they have a six-game homestand starting the second week. That means they're going to go 11 days without seeing starting point guard because he can't practice or play with you. And so when they're looking at that, they're like, how can we go forward with this plan? How can we go forward with not being able to practice with our guy and then throwing him out there for games? And the answer is, I'm not sure they can. And so this is what they're now having to consider, can you have a part-time player, not just in games, but not even see him at home in practice? And that is something that they didn't hope, they were hoping they wouldn't have to confront this fast in the season. Yeah, I've got the answer. They can't. You cannot. This is a completely untenable situation. This is an either-or. There is no in the middle. There is no maybe we can kind of massage the situation this way and get away with it. Either Kyrie Irving gets vaccinated and plays with the Nets, or he does not. And that's it. You cannot be on the team if you can't practice, if you can't play in the home games. What if you spend the whole season grinding out to be the one seed, you get home court advantage, and now that adds additional playoff games to the games that your point guard can't play for you when you're trying to win a championship. So you're either with us or you're not. And look, you if you have a problem taking the vaccine, however illogical, ridiculous, and uninformed your reasons are, you go have a problem taking the vaccine, but the deal with us in this city is to be in an indoor facility, you got to be vaccinated, which means to play on our team, you have to be vaccinated. And I guess right now the Nets are trying to take this kind of game of chicken down to the end. They have to be, when they're behind closed doors, having the conversation of, we're either going to get this guy vaccinated, he's going to be on our team, or he's not. Now, can you trade him? Would he have any value to go to a place that doesn't have a vaccine mandate? And then he'd have a limited number of games he couldn't play? He wouldn't be able to play when your team comes to New York. Wouldn't be able to play when your team goes to San Francisco. But he could play in, say, 70 of your 80 games or whatever. I mean, look, and don't count on that, by the way. This is a very mercurial guy you're getting. 
All right, for him to miss part of the season this year, let's say the Nets tried to do this ridiculous plan of him only playing on the road and only practicing on the road. He's not going to be vaccinated, but somehow we're going to have him on our team. So you try to go through this with this ridiculous plan. Well, last year there was a time where he was just off the team for personal reasons, right? He just took a break. He just decided, right now, I can't do this. I'm just going to go over here and take a break. How do you know for the 40 games or so that he's able to play for you this year? He also won't do that. You might only get him for 20, 20 games. Plus, he's not the most uh, you know, non-injury-prone player in the world. So to me, the idea that you can have one of the cornerstone players on your team only play road games and can't practice with you when everybody else is playing by a different set of rules is ridiculous. So to me, this is, it is a totally and completely either or untenable situation. Either you get vaccinated and you are a part of what we do and you decide that it's worth, like Andrew Wiggins, right? Said, look, they forced me to get vaccinated, so I got vaccinated. Even if that's how you feel, even if in the end you feel like you got forced to get vaccinated, then great. Now you're vaccinated and you can play on our team and we can move forward and we, we can kind of try to go win a championship. But if you're not vaccinated, you can't be a part of this. The Nets have to move on. Whether it's trade him or just let him sit, you gotta you gotta move on. Because and I have no idea what his trade value would be if, you know, again, if he goes somewhere as an unvaccinated player, even if they don't have a vaccine mandate, you're still bringing all different types of protocols on the road, what you can do, what you can't do, masking and all of that, being on the plane with the rest of the guys, all of those things now become a problem for your new organization on top of the fact that you might at some point just take a mental break midway through the year. He might do that too. He did that last year with the Nets. So all of that that Kyrie Irving brings along with him, maybe there is enough trade value that the Nets can get something back and just build this around the Durant Harden combination, which to me still is probably good enough to be the best team in the East, still is probably going to make them the odds-on favorite to win the NBA championship with those two guys and a really good supporting cast, which they have. I'd bet on them. Even without Kyrie, I would bet on them. The only reason they didn't win last year was because Harden got hurt. So I would say that even without Kyrie, they're still a really, really good team. But you, you cannot go through this season. You can't do this this way. It's just not practical. It's not tenable. You either have to have your guys all buying in or not. And to have, I mean, it's just, it's almost impossible to even think that we're having this conversation. Can I have a guy only play the road games? Can I have him not be able to practice? He's not around us for weeks at a time. When all of the rest of us have done A, and he is choosing to now do B, but he plays by a different set of rules, and all of a sudden he kind of parachutes in from time to time and plays a handful of games here or there? To me, it's, it is, you know, this is an either-or situation. And they have to eventually, I think, get to the point with Kyrie Irving where they say to him, hey, look, man, this, this is either-or. You're either going to get vaccinated and be part of our team and be part of our franchise, or you're not and you can't be. But we can't play this middle ground game the whole year. It's just impossible. 888 ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll get back to the telephones after a quick timeout. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. And they've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone. AutoZone, Bob Schusen, in for Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the app, and your smart speaker presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests appear on the Goodyear Hotline. We'll come right back. Also, some thoughts on the rookie class of quarterbacks 
And some things people are saying, even about the group, that I wonder what they're looking at. We'll get to that. We'll get to your telephone calls when we come back on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Here's one other thing that has been a big topic, the rookie quarterbacks in football this class, and they're all going to be compared and contrasted to one another, and I certainly get that. The one take I heard multiple people giving after the Tom versus Bill Sunday night matchup and how well at times in that game Mac Jones played was that if you look at this rookie class and how efficient Mac Jones has been, and if you had to redraft this class, you'd take him first. Over Trevor Lawrence, over Zach Wilson, over Justin Fields, over Trey Lance. And I get that Mac Jones has been put in probably the most advantageous position of any of those guys. Maybe Trey Lance ultimately will be. He's got a pretty good team to play with there as well. I think the Patriots are still a very dangerous 1-3 and team. But you're going to tell me that you have watched, with your own eyes, you have watched Zach Wilson do what he did this past Sunday afternoon. Trevor Lawrence do, even in a loss, some of the throws he made on Thursday night and what he has at times done this season. And also Justin Fields and how he played this past week and say you would take Mac Jones if you could redraft it over any of those three guys? I mean, look, there is a reason that I think Mac Jones fits in New England because of the offense they've played all these years with Tom Brady. And I think certainly his skill set blends in there very, very well. And they are very good. Bill Belichick may be the best at coaching to the player that you've got and making sure that he's in the best system possible. But let's take a real hard look at what Mac Jones is being asked to do there. And wisely so. I wouldn't ask him to do more than what they are asking him to do either. But if you just watch Trevor Lawrence, if you watch Zach Wilson, if you watch Justin Fields, Mac Jones can't do what those guys do. He can't. Like that throw to Corey Davis that Zach Wilson made on Sunday, Mac Jones can't do that. He'll never be able to do that. So would you, if you could redraft quarterbacks, would you rather have you know kind of that traditional stay-in-the-pocket quarterback, or would you want the guy that's got, I think, Patrick Mahomes-type athleticism and elusiveness? 
And with where NFL football is going, you're going to tell me that if you gave the New England Patriots the first pick in the draft and they could redraft this class and they could have any of these quarterbacks, they'd still take Mac Jones? Myself, I don't believe that for a second. And I think they'd be making a mistake if they did. Triple eight, say ESPN. Triple eight, seven two nine three seven seven six. Bryce in Nashville joins us next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Bryce. Hey, Bob. Thanks. Um, I just want to get your take on the Broncos. You know, we've had our quarterback struggles. I was really high on the defense, and we looked completely lost against Lamar and the Ravens last week. You know, Lamar is what Lamar does, and they run the ball really well. But just kind of wanted to see what you had to think on that, and if you actually think Aaron Rodgers is in our future. Well, I appreciate the call. If Aaron Rodgers wanted to go there, um, I mean, it's a very logical destination. I think Teddy Bridgewater, if he stays healthy, and obviously that's what you're dealing with right now, I think Teddy Bridgewater is better than anybody has traditionally given him credit for being. He was an 11-win quarterback when he got hurt back at the start of his career. But that's a good team. Like, that is a really good defense. Um, That's a team that you can absolutely make an argument is a maybe not a Super Bowl championship-level team, but certainly a division-contending, you know, playoff-dangerous roster if they had a big-time quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, if I put Aaron Rodgers on that team, would the Broncos be a team next to that people were picking to, if not maybe get to, could potentially even win the Super Bowl? They absolutely would. You know, they have some real guys, especially on that defense. Let's go to Corey in Virginia next year on ESPN Radio. Hey, Corey. Hey, uh, this is – I just wanted to say thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to also – I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, and I believe that with the recent acquisition that they just recently had yesterday and with, uh, you know, the – you know, many pieces that they have, especially with Christian McCaffrey coming back, I think that they have legit contention uh, this year uh, going on. I honestly think that they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I you know, I agree. I, you're you're talking to a guy who has always been a big Sam Darnold believer. That I think Sam Darnold was put in a totally untenable situation with the Jets for, if not all of, the better part of the three years he was here, and that I still think and have always thought that he could do this and do this at a high level when given the guys to work with. Having said that, the only way that that team has a chance to make the push you're saying is if McCaffrey stays healthy. I mean, he is the piston, the number one piston that makes their offense go. And if he's hurt, they, ju- they don't have the ability that the other guys to replace what he gives them and what he gives the quarterback. You know, the at-any-time check-down option that can hit a home run and go score a touchdown. They just don't have that. Their receivers are good. They're not top ro- top-notch, but they're good. Like, I think DJ Moore is good. Um, you know, I think Robbie Anderson is has proven to be more than a one-trick pony, which he was when he first came into the league. He's developed into more of a complete receiver than I thought that he would. Having said that, he's okay. Um, I think McCaffrey is the unlosable guy on that offense, and unfortunately, he's been the one that's been the most fragile. But I think Sam Darnold is absolutely a playoff-caliber quarterback, or can be. I agree with you at 100%. Triple eight, say ESPN, triple eight, seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll get more of your calls in as many as we can before we're done. But uh, ESPN baseball analyst Jessica Mendoza will join us when we come back. We'll take a closer look at what is to come as now the wild card games 
are in the rearview mirror. Now we begin the divisional series, and that is something that we will kick off later on this afternoon. So we'll talk to Jess Mendoza when we come back on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Jessica Mendoza will join us in a couple of minutes to talk baseball, but got some calls on hold, so we'll get to those until Jess joins us at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Chris in Jacksonville joins us next here on Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. What's up, Chris? Hey, man. You're doing a great job today. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm having fun. Awesome. Hey, man, let me ask you a serious question. For real, answer this. How does Urban Meyer still have a job? Um, that's a hard question. I mean, I would really have to be inside the walls talking to the players on that team to know how much he has lost the locker room, where the owner's at, where management is at. I mean, to me, as embarrassing as that video coming out is, the fact that he wasn't on the plane with his team on the way back after a loss – you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of elements to this story that I think kind of when taken in totality start to make you wonder if the NFL is right for him and if he's going to lose that team. But NFL's hard, man. It is hard. You are standing in front of grown men who are making more money than you. It is a totally different world than when you are the king of the kingdom in a college program where it's all about the coach. In pro sports, it's about the players. And these are grown guys who are earning a living. And a lot of them, you know, they're – I mean, you've got the stars at the top of the food chain. Like, no matter who the coach is, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback. He's going to make millions. But on a team like that, you've got probably 25 or 30 guys that are hanging on to their NFL life because they're on the worst team in the league. And they're just trying to earn whatever they can – in the profession they always dreamed of being a part of, and if they don't have belief in the coach, and they're all looking at each other going, I mean, we're trying to build something here, and I'm just trying to hold on to my career, and, and this is the atmosphere inside the building, that's really hard. That is really hard. So do I think that Urban Meyer is long for the NFL based on what we have seen already? And you've already heard, guys, kind of the anonymous quotes, and I don't, he, he's kind of lost the locker room already. I, I don't know. That's a very good question. I don't know. Pablo in Philly joins us next year on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Hey, Pablo. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks, Bill, man. I, I'm, I'm loving the show, Bill. Thanks. 
I, I got a question for you. Uh, Bill, uh, ben Simmons. Yep. Uh, have a problem with playing, don't want to play for the franchise no more and everything. You know, big drama queen. I thought Keyshawn was a big drama. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> Kyrie Irving is having trouble with New Jersey. With, well, no, I'm sorry, New York Nets. I've heard this one before. Just trade headaches. You take Kyrie, we'll take Ben Simmons and call it a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But if they, I don't think the, the, Nets, the Nets want to send him to somebody that, that Kyrie to hurt him, you know, in the playoffs or whatever. But if we make an offer that they can't refuse, right, well, I, I, what would you think that offer would be? I, I mean, look, thanks for the call. To me, before you even get to that point, like I, the, the Nets have to answer the question, and they have to put, I think, Kyrie into a just straight up, give us an answer, either or. If you say you're going to get vaccinated, then great. We want you to be a part of this. The vision that they had with those three guys together can still happen. All Kyrie Irving has to do is get vaccinated. He gets vaccinated, and the Nets can still be the Nets. So to me, that like that's the nuclear option. Trading him and getting him off the team – to me, that is the last resort, but that is the last resort that you have to arrive at if he's not going to get vaccinated. It isn't either or to me. It cannot be, let's try and meander our way through this season with you playing half the games and not practicing and this kind of weird hybrid of only playing on the road. That, that's not tenable. That's not how you win. That's not how you build a team. If I'm Kevin Durant and James Harden, I'm looking at him going, man, like you're either a part of this or you're not. And if you want to make this decision, however ridiculous to not get vaccinated, okay, make that decision. But the consequences of making that decision is you can't be a part of this. And to me, it is that much of kind of a, a cut and dry situation. And we'll see how it lines up. Let's talk some baseball, though. ESPN baseball analyst Jessica Mendoza joins us now on the Goodyear Hotline. Jess, it's been so long since I've had a chance to see you or talk to you. How are you? I know. I was so excited when I saw it was you. Filling in for Greeny, we'll get a catch up, talk some ball. And I know it's fun. Year in October. Hey, dumb question. You, I mean, you might remember this better than me because I've worked with so many people. Were you? Was it like the first time you were ever on ESPN on television, or one of the very first when we worked together? Right, you were right at the start of getting your ESPN career started, weren't you? Yeah, that was honestly very beginning and and doing college football i had been doing college softball and then got the call from ed placey to start doing college football which was a totally obviously completely different world for me and yeah you were you were there to kind of put your arm like all right we got you let's let's teach you how to do this you know i should come up with a i'm a good bullpen catcher like i'm really good at warming like really good people (laughs) up to then put them in the game (laughs) so i'm glad i was there for you um, yeah, well, good. Hey, tell Yankee fans what they have a right to expect, what they should expect. Talk them off the ledge right now. Before we get to the games and before we get to the matchups, <laughs> what's your way of looking at what happened to the Yankees this season, where they have arrived at, the decisions they have to make, and what you think is going to happen? Well, I think they've arrived at that this isn't working. And I know if you want me to talk them off the ledge, like I think if you're a Yankee fan, I get why you're on the ledge. And it's frustrating to me, even just as a fan of the game, to see a team with a lot of talent but not a a lot of diversity. Um, When I say diversity, like athletic diversity, you know, being able to put the ball in play, run the bases, play defense. I mean, that's what the Yankees have not done. 
and it affects everything. It trickles on down from the starting pitching, you know, your bullpen arms, you know, trusting your defense, being able to take first to third and get that extra base that's going to cause a run, not get thrown out at home. It's frustrating when you pay a lot of money, you have a lot of talent, yet you can't get over the hump because ultimately you're not playing the kind of baseball you need to play in October. See, and and the the thing that you hear Yankees fans all the time screaming and yelling about in New York is analytics. You know, why with all the analytics? Why don't they just kind of go old school? But analytics are playing a huge role in Tampa. I know in San Francisco with the Dodgers. I mean, the teams that are beating them and our World Series favorites this year, they use analytics. So why do you think the analytics in those organizations is working and producing different scenarios, different rosters, different results? Is it just that the Yankees' analytics are telling them the wrong thing? Or are they using it a different way? I'd like to see what their analytics are. And I know that Brian Cashman just kind of overhauled that entire system this last year. I think that takes time. I think it's not something you come in, say, this is what we want to put an emphasis on, and then, boom, magic, here we are. It's something, if you look at Farhan Zaidi in San Francisco, as you mentioned, I mean, he was with Tampa Bay, then he was with L.A. Now he's with San Francisco. You're talking over a decade of learning from not only some of the best that are ahead of you, but also different organizations and players, what worked, what didn't. And right now the Yankees are definitely trying that. And they, I mean, to credit Brian Cashman, I mean, when Luke Boyd and DJ Lemayhew first came over and both of those players basically kind of not interested from other teams. Um, and they saw something analytically in the way that DJ LeMahieu was able to get back the ball. They saw something with Luke Voigt then with exit velocity. A lot of the analytics played into what they saw. They made them, once they brought them over, into the hitters that they were. Now they're those both those guys non-significant as much this year. But they have made some really good moves analytically. I just think they need more consistency because they need time. It's funny. I was bringing this up before, and I know the game has changed Specialty relievers all thrown 100 miles an hour. I get that. And now we've got exit velocity and all these different things that we talk about in today's world of baseball. But have they changed that much since the 1998 Yankees, the best team I've seen in my lifetime, right? Went 114 games, sweep their way to the World Series. Um, they didn't have a 30 home run hitter on their team. I mean, they obviously all through their dynasty years, they had Tino, they had Bernie, they, I mean, they had Daryl Strawberry, they had A-Rod, they had guys that hit home runs, but they didn't build their whole team around the home run being the only way that they could score. If they ran into a home run, great. And occasionally, these guys were great hitters. They would hit, run into a home run. But that's not how they – what changed? And can it go back? I mean, what, what am I missing about how, game, how the game has changed that the model that was the late 90s Yankees shouldn't be what they're still after today? I think the pitching is better than we've ever seen it before. And because of that, you're just not making a lot of contact, period. Then you add on to that, everyone's going all in on, okay, if we do make contact, let's launch angle, let's like hit this thing hard, exit velocity, and it's an all-or-nothing type swing. That's the game now because basically it's, if we're going to make contact, we're going for everything. We're hitting home runs. We're not trying to hit a ball to second base and move the runner from second to third because that might be the only time we make contact. I don't agree with it. I'm with you and that the way that the game, and we're starting to see that circle back every time in October. Because at the end of the right. day, if you've only got a roster full of guys that can hit home runs, you ain't going to win. But what you do see is how most of these games, and watch, like mark my words, how these games, it started, you know, we saw it last night with the Dodgers and their win. They do get one via the home run. But it's Cody Bellinger getting on base with two outs and two strikes and working a walk 
to be able to create that opportunity for Chris Taylor to get up and get the home run. It's those little things, honestly, to me, that absolutely have to be a part of your roster, and it cannot be you hitting long balls. That's sexy and fun all season long. You get to this time of the year, it's not going to work. Jessica Mendoza joining us here on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Bob was choosing in for Greeny, and not only joining us to talk baseball now, but she will also be part of the radio broadcast for ESPN Radio of the NLCS and the World Series. All right, Giants-Dodgers, is that a mini World Series? Would you pick the winner of that series to win the whole thing? Because, you know, rarely do I think we have a division round matchup that I, I think I can make an argument this might be the two best teams playing each other in this round. Yeah, I mean, you can based on record and what they've done all season long, for sure. I think Tampa Bay is right there with them, yep. personally. I think they're just as good. I do think this is the NLCS, though. This is These are the two best teams in the National League. I feel bad saying that because the Milwaukee Brewers will forever be kind of not talked about for as good as a season that they have had. But offensively, they just don't they don't carry the same clout, either to that division throughout the year. And the Braves, I mean, don't get me started on the NL East and how that whole entire <laughs> thing was a scramble the entire season long. So th- these are the two best teams in the National League. And, yes, for sure, I, I think that the one, the winner of this series, first of all, this is such an epic series. Can we just back up for a second? And, like, neither one of these teams has ever met in the postseason before. I get it. Wild card, you know, recent stuff. But still, just wrap your mind around. When we just saw on Tuesday night, Red Sox, Yankees, the history of postseason, big, huge. Like, it seemed like an hour reel of the history of postseason. The Giants and the Dodgers have never met in the postseason until now. Like, That's are crazy. you kidding me? And when they meet, they are combined 213 wins, which we've never seen in the postseason before. Like, if you can't get amped up for two teams going head-to-head, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned the Rays as well. See, this must be, for a Yankee fan also, what's the most enraging, right? That you see a, a, a Giants team that we've been waiting all year to give us a reason to have our prediction of, well, they can't keep this up. And how do they keep this up? All season long, we've been waiting for the Giants to kind of fade, and a Rays team that you know, 25 cents on the dollar for what the Yankees pay for players, and yet they continue to put together a gritty, well-balanced team and keep on finding solutions from their farm system to be the one seed. Imagine if we got a giant, you know, Rays World Series and uh, and all those big, giant payroll teams are sitting home looking at that. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, and what, if you want to even just get into tap into even payroll, and this is what I love about teams like Tampa Bay and Milwaukee, but you can look at the San Francisco Giants Look at the payroll next year. So let's just throw in the San Diego Padres because we all know how that season turned out. They, on their payroll for next year, have over $750 million on their payroll for next year. The Giants, $72 million. (laughs) That's crazy. So, I mean, just wrap your mind around that. Like, the amount of money that you can spend, and believe me, teams do. The Dodgers have, and they'll be up against the Giants. And I'm not saying the Giants won't go spend money this offseason. That $72 million probably won't be opening day payroll. But the point is, what they've been able to configure with the dollars plus the front office, analytics, understanding, and then farm system, give that some credit. They've got development, real development. They've been able to develop players to be able to get brought up. And so you, you kind of get the trifecta for a lot of these teams, but especially the Giants. Yeah. Who's the sneakiest team, you think? Is it the White Sox, maybe? Like, the team that no one's really talking about, didn't get a lot of pub during the season, but you think could I, I surprise? I mean, I, I mentioned the Brewers because they're they're going to be sneaky just because no one's ever going to talk about them. But to me, the, the 
I think the most powerful team that people aren't giving credit to are the Houston Astros. Okay. Yep. They are America's villain. Everyone wants to hate them. And so the only attention they really get is just let's bring back, let's roll back 2017. I get it. Like, you know, they cheated everything that happened, but they are the team that everyone wants to hate. And everyone seems to ignore the fact that they're still really good. And guess what? Now they're not cheating as far as we're aware. There's nothing going on. (laughs) And yet those same players, a lot of the similar players are still, I mean, they led all of baseball in almost every offensive category. This team hits. And and this is a team that's really going to take the American League by storm. I mentioned the Rays, but the Astros are really good, and I think no one's really given them the respect because everyone wants to hate them. You think there's something to being able to play with a chip on your shoulder? I mean, in baseball in particular. I think it works in football, that us-against-the-world mentality, and you're going to go out and beat up someone physically, and you have a whole week to get ready for it. And I think the coach can you know, push those buttons. So a team that plays – Every single, you know, 162 games, and it's an everyday sport. Do you think there is something for, you know, the, the in-the-clubhouse motivation of it's us against the world and no one thinks we can do this, you know, kind of chip-on-your-shoulder attitude? I think it's more of a distraction over the course of a season. I think we actually saw that with Houston. You know, they struggled big time last year, and, you know, people in the beginning. Um, because everyone hated them. And, and honestly, they tried to use that as their fuel, as their, we're going to show you, and it didn't work flat out. I mean, Alex Bregman, I mean, absolutely struggled. I mean, there was so much proved to you. We've got a chip on our shoulder. I just don't think that works over the course of the long run. Now, if you're talking about locker room material, someone said something yesterday, and you post that up, and you've got a game today, you've got to go out and beat someone, I think it absolutely works. But the chip over 162 games, I just don't think – I think it's more of a distraction because then you've got to get back to you. Right. But so I they're, do think they, it so works they're winning just because they're real good, not because they're motivated yeah. in a different way, right? They're just – they're good. They're really good. I do think, I do think though, I mean, they didn't show up to the All-Star game. I mean, they were like, no, overall baseball, they're just like, we're done with you. But they bonded together with it. You know, they've just kind of used that to, to get more like, hey, we got you versus like, screw the world. Right. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. It's good to catch up. <laughs> so good to catch up with you. And right, I hope Jess. that we get to do it. Today. Absolutely. And I'll be listening. So knock them dead during the uh, NLCS, the World Series. You'll have fun. It is going to be fun. All right, Jess, thanks. Jessica Mendoza, ESPN baseball analyst. Again, she will be on our coverage on ESPN Radio of the NLCS and the World Series. Bob Oshusen in for Greeny. And we've got a few more minutes that we can get back to the telephones at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you're on hold, stay right there. If not, we got room, and we'll try and squeeze in as many between now and the top of the hour after I tell you for about 30 seconds about ZipRecruiter, according to Forbes. Gyms, stores, and more are set to go on an epic hiring spree to meet the pent-up demand for all of those services. Businesses reopening means that millions of jobs will need to be filled. So where do they turn when they need these roles filled fast? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash greenie that is ziprecruiter.com slash g-r-e-e-n-y and by the way if you missed any portion of the show here on greenie you can always find both hours posted daily as a podcast available wherever you listen to your podcast so look let's get back to the phones on the dr pepper call in line ty royster's been very patient he joins us next year on espn radio hey ty ty you've been so patient now i'm wondering if you're there 
I hear something in the background. <laughs> I, think, I think Ty was so patient he went away. All right. Well, Ty, if you want to give us a call back, we do have a few more minutes. We'll try and squeeze you in if we can at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. By the way, if there's a game, someone's betting on it, stream season two of Better Days, a series hosted by Greeny that brings the true stories of unforgettable gambling adventures to life. All episodes are now streaming only on ESPN+. Let's get Jay in Michigan up here on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Hey, Jay. Yeah, um, I've listened to Stephen A. and all these other guys. When y'all y'all was calling for uh, Herm um, Marvin Lewis job in Cincinnati, y'all not doing the same thing with uh, Urban Meyer and Herm Lewis, Marvin Lewis never did anything. I have they no, I have absolutely years. no idea how you're drawing a line from Urban Meyer to Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis coached in Cincinnati for. What thirteen years? Urban Meyer's he's, Urban Meyer's coached four games. I, where where is the parallel between Urban Meyer and Marvin Lewis? Did we lose? Jay? Marvin Lewis was the coach that went to the playoffs every year. Urban he did. Meyer, he, went, he never won a playoff he, game, but he did go to the playoffs often. I agree. Huh? What What does one have to do with the other? What does Urban Meyer have to do with Marvin Lewis? Because the things that Urban Meyer has done, bringing a racist coach, did what he did with Tim Tebow, which he wouldn't have did for another black player that's been in the league. Uh, that, like a, you just say Michael Vick, and then you get uh, the thing with uh, what's my man name that went to uh, he played in uh, Jay Cutler had been out of the league and Miami signed him. My point is, why are they saying the things that they saying? But they're not saying the same thing about Marvin Lewis. Stephen A. went on a rant about Marvin Lewis that went to the playoffs every year. Well, if you have a problem with Stephen A., then at some point when he hosts a show, call him and tell him what your problem is. I I don't – again, I have absolutely, like, no idea, unless you want to make it a racial thing, of what the parallel is between Marvin Lewis and Urban Meyer. Do I think Urban Meyer is long for the NFL? No. I said that a short time ago. No, I don't think he is. I think that he, if you have already lost that locker room and there are people in that locker room that are already saying that he has lost that locker room, at least that seems to be, you know, what kind of trickling out uh, of Jacksonville, then yeah, I mean, but like where the parallels parallel is between Marvin Lewis and Urban Meyer, who's coached four games in the NFL, I have no idea. Look, if Marvin Lewis got another opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL, I would have no problem with it. None. I think he did a very good job for a long time in Cincinnati. I think he's a great football mind. That does it for me. I'll be back next week, uh, Wednesday, to fill in for Greeny. Enjoy the football tonight. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.